Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. the 42nd week of podcasting for us on the 25th of January 2012. That makes it the 42nd episode of The Skeptic Wire, of which you are listening to. Yay! Yay! I am a host, Gary Lawn, and with me this week, as last week and the week before, is Greg Perrine. I need a haircut. Or our Greg Perrine. And Dennis Wofford. Did you bring your towel? I have my towel. I know exactly where my towel is. So I'm now R. Greg Perrine. I'm a pirate. R. Greg Perrine. R. Exactly. <laughs> well, I figure it's like with me this week, as per always, is is not correct. Yeah. It should be R. Greg Perrine. I, I was I was having a grammar moment. Yes, that never happens with you. No, no. I'm <laughs> I am well versed in the speaking artage. So, we have any birthdays this week? Skeptical birthdays? Yes, if I can find my piece of paper. <laughs> Speaking of conjunctions. Yes, uh, there is a birthday I forgot to mention last week, mainly because I was bad about looking it up. Um, the One of the hosts of the Skepticality podcast, Derek Colanduno. Oh. Um, he had his birthday on the 19th, so happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday. Derek. But more importantly, this week, ah. we have a couple of... Um, Skeptically themed birthdays, um, a couple of them happening on the 28th. One is on 1936, January 28th, the actor Alan Alda was born. Oh, okay. And, you know, not... Best known as Hawkeye? Yep. From the television series, MASH. Not from the movie. No, no. And, but he also did the television series Scientific American Frontiers. He did do that. And he had this great sense of curiosity of wanting to find, oh, what's that? You know, oh, show me how to do that. And, um, I, I always really liked that series and also liked the way he portrayed the Hawkeye character as this very rational, you know, with feelings and all, but kind of, he wanted to know the truth of things. He didn't want to just be told some rationality. Yeah, but most or of his characters have always been that way. Yeah. Even the evil characters he's been playing lately. Like, well, prime example is his um, character on the West Wing. Yep. Arnold so. Vinick. Thank you. I couldn't remember that. Just He played a, Re- a Republican congressperson who ran for president against Jimmy Smits. And he was a Republican, but he was kind of a closet atheist. So he's a very rational, you know, down-to-earth kind of person. Not who- all atheists are rational. He was. His okay. character was. He, he wasn't this vast evil character ah. that sometimes the Republicans were on that show. Yeah. So, happy birthday, Alan Alda. Yep. Well, not yet. In a well, few soon days. to be. Probably happy by soon the time, to be. Three days. By the time the listeners are listening to me ramble on about Alan Alda and how much I love him and I have a man crush on him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Perhaps let's, I've let's said move too much. on. Let's move Someone on. Someone who I do not have a man crush on and was born the same day, 28th. But in 1954 is Rick Warren, author of The Purpose Driven Life, was it? Yes. Yes. And Founder of the Saddleback Church? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's another Google term that you don't want to look up. What's that? Saddleback. Oh, saddleback. <laughs> Thank you, Dan Savage. Uh, so, yes, he was born on the 28th, so he's he's the, the bad of the week. 
Um, I, I, I try to think of like a good and bad and the ugly person. No, I, I, I try to think of a theme of good, bad, and ugly. So Alan Alda would be good. Rick Warren, I don't think he's like terribly ugly. He's just bad. Okay, so, so I, hold I, on. I do know that there is another birthday on that. No, well, what that's are you my trying problem. I couldn't do that this week because I could not think of because yeah, ugly. gorgeous. Who is that, that other birthday? There was another it's, person skeptically themed. It's right there on the tip of my tongue. Who I, has I, a birthday this week. Um, Chris Guy, American professional wrestler. <laughs> yeah, what? Uh, There's no, a whole no, see, bunch here, of footballers. Or, here's the thing. I, I think that guy's birthday is... Today, isn't yes. it? Yes. Today, January and, 25th, when we are recording this podcast. And Alicia Keys. By chance, didn't he turn 42? The coincidences are mounting up. Next thing you know, it's going to be a Lincoln Kennedy sort of thing. Uh, oh. So what? Yeah. I'm going to die okay. of cancer? Get too young? <laughs> That's enough suspense for you listeners. It's Gary's birthday this Yay! week. Happy birthday, Gary. Yay. Happy birthday no, to stop, you. Stop, Happy stop. birthday. No, you can't do that because if you sing yes. that, we have to pay. But I'm not paying those. Fu- no, I'm not paying seriously. Warner Group for but that. But we're not. No, no. We're not making no. money off the podcast. No, no, Doesn't no, matter. no. That's why they don't sing it in restaurants. Yep. I did not sing anything. <laughs> you're you're right, right. You're bringing out the clubs. Damn it, don't sing that birthday. <laughs> happy, 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 happy birthday. They say it's your birthday. Uh, well, the ghost of uh, Michael Jackson's Gary. <laughs> May you have a happy birthday today and tomorrow <laughs> and the next day because birthdays are good and you should celebrate for three days in a row. Why isn't anybody stopping me? Because we just want to <laughs> see how far you'll go. <laughs> You haven't heard my lightning round topics yet, so and what? further on into the next year. Okay. So, on the topic of next Birthdays. year. No, no, birthday gifts. Yes. Yeah, I didn't get okay. To... Go no, ahead. No, no. Well, you sort of did. Because I received some DVDs today from the Texas Free Thought Convention. Ah. Uh? Yes. They weren't of that karaoke session that we all went to, was it? No, I, I have I, those on my phone. It, it, may, it may be a... Uh, an Easter egg. <laughs> Knowing our good friend Kelly, everybody say hi to Kelly. Hello, hi, Kelly. Kelly. They, there, there is that possibility. <laughs> so, what are these DVDs? Of? Richard, Richard Dawkins singing "Foxy Lady." <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I have no response to that. President did Al Green did yeah, a pretty cool job. So, th- these are a. Recording of the last Texas Free Thought Convention, a video archive of every session that went on at the TFC. Is this not correct? Yes. <laughs> You're just kind of adding all these flowery words when you could have said it's a DVD set. I couldn't well, remember that. Well, hold on. And the, let's give let's give some proper credit. Kelly Cook of In Between Studios and the guy and the the crew from Urina Borg are the guys that produce the DVDs. They look awesome. Yeah, so. they do. They, re- they really do. They did a good job. Or at least I, I assume they did. I haven't actually had an opportunity to put one in my DVD player and, and geek out of it yet. But you too can own these DVDs. Yes. They are available at Atheist Alliance America website. And I believe it's 80 bucks now. Um, and, um, 
Yeah, so go order it. And if you can't find it through that, go through Texas Free Thought Convention's website, and they probably have a link. So go support Texas Free Thought Convention because they're really cool, and we want to have a super awesome convention next year. Well, later this year. Six DVDs uh, packaged in the multi-case, beautifully packaged in the multi-case for $80. So there you go. Front page, Atheist Alliance, America.org. And then we have the TFC coming up later this year. Let's go to Moving on. Uh, another interesting thing that has happened this year. Uh, our mayor, Julian Castro, joined other mayors with the um, Marriage Equality Pledge. So congratulations to Julian Castro showing in, um, inclusivity of all San Antonio citizens. Very proud of him. Yeah. Yep. We uh, posted a link to a WOAI story on our Facebook page, and we're trying to attempt to uh, ferangulate the poll that's on there saying, do you agree with Julian Castro on this or do you disagree? Um, the numbers are still not positive for the good guys, but you know, any listeners who want to go to WOAI.com, WOAI.com or find the link in our Facebook page from a week ago or something. Yeah. Go well, ahead and yeah, we'll, skew we'll that probably poll. Post it again, yeah. If it if it's still up. The poll is still up cuz I voted again today. Oh. It's like Chicago politics, vote early and vote often. All right. We'll move it on then. Um and anything else in the intro? Nothing that we're allowed to talk about. We're not we're not allowed to talk about Flowergate. I guess the Jessica Alquist story uh, turning into this big fiasco. Uh, what the uh, Freedom from Religion Foundation tried to send her some flowers, and three places that deliver flowers within her community opted not to. Now, what one of them outright said, "We will not deliver to this lady," and another place said that they were afraid to because of. Bad business and the bad blood that's going around with the loving, loving people of that community. And I've heard so, another one was just plain closed that day. Could be. So so we don't know the full story, but we know that at least one of them said that they, they refused to deliver to, to her. Uh, so they had to go to Connecticut? Yep. Right. To Gifts of Gaia. Gifts of Gaia, who went, went cross-border, you know, got with, searched by the TSA... With the original order of flowers plus an extra order just to be nice. And that's really cool. And they, so they delivered it. So thank goodness for Gaia. Yep. And I assume <laughs> we're also not going to talk about the fact that this um, Council of Churches announced in the last couple of days that they were going to come out and have a rally in support of Jessica Alquist and her First Amendment rights to question uh, this prayer banner, and it was a group of Christian churches saying, we support her, don't be asshole Christians, please. So I assume we're not going to talk about that subject no, as well? No, we're definitely not going to talk about people actually trying to be nice about the whole thing. Are we going to talk about the Evil Little Shirts website where you can buy a shirt or a hoodie or um, a wife beater t-shirt or whatever that says Evil Little Thing on it? Which is what that state senator called Jessica Elquist? Yeah, let's see. What is that? EvilLittleThing.com? Yeah, and we, we definitely won't talk about the fact that a shirt is $15 and $10 of it goes to the Jessica Alquist Scholarship Fund because we can't talk about that. <laughs> Actually, don't go to EvilLittleThing.com because what happens is you get a picture of Representative Peter G. Palumbo. <laughs> well, that just... 
That is some quick thinking. <laughs> I think it's evillittleshirts.com. Evillittleshirts. Okay, because evillittlething.com. Yes, evillittleshirts.com. Okay, evillittleshirts.com. So, Representative Palumbo is the Rhode Island uh, representative who said that loving phrase. And we're also looks like a criminal in this picture, too. Yeah, it is a little (laughs) creepy, isn't it? It's just a little bit. He looks like he's been... uh, No, no, I will not... I well, it's 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 good that we're not going to talk about all of that. No, no, no. We no. We we shouldn't talk about. It. We shouldn't fan the flames at all. Yep, it's been said already. <laughs> yeah, yes. No need to go on. We should. We you know. We should stop dilly dallying about. Or is it me or does like uh, Mayor Julian Castro look a little bit like George Takai? A little bit. He's got the same shit-eating grin. <laughs> well, you know the the. It's okay to say Takai, Bill. Tennessee is actually being pushed back in. It yeah. failed to to reach um, a vote on the House representative floor in Tennessee, and it's now being pushed through this current Tennessee state legislature. So remember, don't say gay because it's okay to be to gay. And I guess that brings us to our long run. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, we don't really have a we don't really have a theme song. We, we, don't, have a, we don't have a, Well, supposedly we're. We're, we're going to segue in. The, the problem, the thing with the, the Jessica Alquist is it was a, a, a school prayer. And and it was a court case. And it was a court case. And speaking of court, court cases, cases in SCOTUS, which always makes me laugh, what does SCOTUS stand for? Scrotum. That's what I thought. <laughs> a well-scrubbed scrotum. <laughs> Actually, no. It stands for the Supreme Court of the United States. And there oh. have been... Several several cases actually in the past week or so that have come through that have had a, a lot of um, church state really? separation uh, separation of church and state civil liberties. There's been a lot of them that have been going through. The Supreme Court rejected to hear an appeal from a North Carolina county that had regularly opened its meetings with Christian prayer. Uh, two Forsyth County residents brought the suit against the Board of Commissioners, represented by ACLU and Americans United for Church and. St- Americans United for the Separation of Church and State. We need shorter organization names. Yeah. Um, and what they showed was that 26 of the last 33 invocations contain Christian symbols, Christian names, Christian nomenclature, all of that jazz. Christian Jesus so Christ. So when you say they were using Christian symbols, they get up there and go, Dear God. Pretty much. Or, okay. So the Supreme Court basically said, um, yeah, sectarian, take it away. No, they didn't. All they said is was, we're not going to hear it. this. We're going to allow the lower court's decision to stand, which was it's sectarian, take it away. Yeah, not to jump the gun too much on these other stories, but that's actually not a, as good a thing as it could be. It's good that they they just said, no, the, the, the ruling stands, it is unconstitutional, whatever, but when it... When they don't hear it at the Supreme Court level, it can't be applied nationwide very easily. It applies only to that one district. So somebody in Florida who's trying to say, stop having Christian prayers before a community meeting, or someone in Texas has no standing. Has no precedent. Has no precedent. Thank you. Right. And so to do that, so they have to bring up in every place that this is happening, which means the lawyers make a lot of money. Yep. Well, yeah, there's the lawyer thing, and lawyers are evil, and that's an easy but target. It, yeah, but, but this—I mean, this is not this is not a difficult issue. 
<laughs> it really shouldn't be, and neither was the Jessica Alquist thing, but nobody... I, I think it's really, they just don't want the controversy, especially well, because... It's, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, a conservative majority court, and yeah. it, it, if they heard it, then it would go to the conservative majority who would say it's perfectly all right. But the conservative majority is one the people who are saying, let's not hear this. Well, shit. Because there has to be... out of the water. You know. <laughs> well, you know, there are also some other free speech cases that were actually rejected by SCOTUS. One involved um, cyber attacks from home computers, which caused um, some school suspensions. Well, clarify cyber attacks. Because they weren't hacking anything. Right. One group created a fake MySpace profile for a male teacher... Um, described him as a sex addict and a pervert. It was widely distributed. She was suspended for 10 days. The parents sued, represented by the ACLU, calling it just, you know, juvenile humor. And the courts, federal court ruled that there was no substantial disruption. Therefore, he didn't have the authority to punish him for off-campus speech. Except that's slander, is it not? Right. But then they also ruled, same court also ruled in favor of a Pittsburgh-area high school student who mo- made a mock profile of his principal with labels such as drug user, whore, and big fag. So my big question is, these are teens doing this? Yes. On MySpace. Yes. That's the what one that teens got- are still on MySpace now? I Them. know. I-, <laughs> I thought MySpace was dead. No, no, it's still going strong. Okay. I guess I'm more out of the loop than I thought. But, you know, these are a continuation of the Tinker case from 1969 where the and about where the where authorities can draw that line and about what the definition of a substantial disruption is. And now that technology has blurred that line, we're starting to actually get some definition as to the Tinker line. So Well, it's it sounds like I I seem to remember reading some places that People on both sides in the education and, say, ACLU side were kind of saying the same things I said about the uh, prayer before meetings case that we really do. They they want some direction of where the line falls and the Supreme Court not hearing it leaves it muddied, unfortunately. Um, But also the U.S. Supreme Court has been asked about the permission of religious banners in classrooms. Um, The... And we talked about the guy, the guy in San Diego with the math teacher that has the, you know, in God we trust, God bless America, big mm-hmm. old signs in his. I know that we've discussed this guy before. Um, he is actually appealing the three judge panel that ruled that the district enjoys the same privileges or he's in September. A three judge panel ruled that the district enjoys the same privileges as a private employer in regulating conduct during working hours. What? <laughs> the so, school can say no you shouldn't put these up in your classroom and he's saying no you shouldn't i have my free speech no matter what right well they're saying that the the child's the kids uh first amendment rights don't stop when they enter the class but uh they have already ruled in such cases against teachers that the teachers don't have the right to say whatever they want. But, they have they have a job to do, and that job is to teach right. the curriculum. But it's so, also that they're government representatives in this yes. case. Right, and he's trying to say that, no, he's essentially a private contractor. What? <laughs> essentially, he's saying that 
the district enjoys the same privileges as a private employer in regard re- regulating conduct, which would be he would be acting in the in the act of a private contractor as opposed to a government employee. Still working for the government. Yep. Sorry. He's trying that, to make the difference, though. Yeah. And no, he's yeah. been no, no, It's perfectly right. He is paid as a private contractor, but he still has to follow the rules of the government, and he cannot do that. So, as, nope, he's as wrong. a contractor, I, yes, definitely. <laughs> you still have to and, follow and, the rules of the government. And furthermore, if he's uh, uh, putting up his own stuff in the classroom, uh, he doesn't get a classroom. He is only there. Uh, he is using that classroom uh, uh, by the benefit of. Uh, of he doesn't of the rent the classroom is what yeah. you're saying right they give it to him free he's not like he's this hair salon guy and renting a, sh- a chair right so he, either way he loses on the I lines. don't know I've never seen a picture of him so I don't know if he's a hair salon guy he's a renting twat. a chair <laughs> but we also <laughs> ha- do have two interesting um, house votes coming in to business oh yeah um, so corporations are people and now houses are people too and so houses are voting Something like that. No, houses houses aren't voting, but they can donate all they want to campaigns. Oh, okay. Um, (laughs) H.R. 290, the War Memorial Protection Act, which is introduced by Representative Duncan Hunter from California, would allow the use of religious symbols at war memorials and is essentially designed to protect the constitutionality problematic display of Christian symbols, i.e. the big old cross in California, the Soledad memorial hmm so he's trying to end run the first amendment the problem is you can't a a law passing a law does not mean that it's not unconstitutional if i got my double negatives in there correctly it's still unconstitutional to have religious symbols as part of a government endorsed thing except for gary when he's talking about texas license plates right and we exactly. also have H.R. 2070, the World War II Memorial Prayer Act of 2011, which would add a prayer to the WW2 Memorial. Um, not the WWF. No, not the WWF. Wait, the World- wait, wait, do you need the World, World Wildlife Foundation or the World Wrestling Foundation? No, no. WWF had to change their name. No, so I not think they... the World Wrestling Experience. Right. I, I'm sorry. That that joke, my, my joke is an outdated joke. I apologize. Okay. Um, <laughs> the Bureau of Land Management basically has said that the memorial is complete and shouldn't be altered, and a bunch of people want to put this prayer from President Roosevelt on D-Day on it. And basically, once again, somebody is trying to end run around something to get... See, that's an interesting thing about the the prayer, because that's the prayer of a president, and it, it is a historical thing, It's right? something he said about a certain situation during World War II. D-Day. Yeah. So, it would be like if there was something religious on the Martin Luther King memorial because it's something Martin Luther King said about, you know, freedom or, you know. Yeah, yeah but what about one. the fact that it's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this on a memorial that is complete? 
So it's something they uh, want to add to it? Yes. It's yeah. already completed? No, oh, wait, well, the then fuck them land? in the nose. Okay, How this, is, this, is, this is what I love about this particular thing. Okay, they're bitching about removing prayers because, oh, it's a historical thing. All this stuff, you're, you're, right. you're ruining something that's already been there. And now they want to ruin something by putting a prayer on it that's already built and has been there for a while? Yes. That's just... That's the Bureau, such a hip, hypocrisy. The Bureau of Land Management, which oversees the memorial, notes <laughs> that the memorial is complete and should not be altered. Well, those bastards. I can agree. I, can agree. I concur. concur. I agree. <laughs> no, congre. I agree. I, like I think we should... We, we that's should, our new word. Yeah. I agur. I like congre better. Congre. I like that. Gerg Congri. But, you know, all of this talk about, you know, the House of Representatives, the Supreme Court. We all know that the United States government is, you know, a three ring circus. And Obama came out with some interesting uh, push this week. You want to tell us about it, Greg? Yeah. So the Affordable Care Act uh, was passed, I think it was last year, um, and signed into law by Obama. And they've been slowly but surely trying to work out all the different regulations. And one of the things that they've done is said, all right, for all preventative care um, services, including reproductive services, no copay. So mainly for things like flu shots and mammograms and diabetes screenings. Things that are necessary for a healthy society. Yeah, basic vaccinations and preventative care that they're going to say no copay on that. That should be just stuff that you get so that you don't get sicker so that the insurance company has to pay a lot more. Yeah, and and we have a, a healthier baseline for yeah. the United States. So one yeah. of those things Duh. is um, contraceptives. <clears throat> and Why would we want that? Well, we in this room want that. Yes. Contraceptions. Oh, are- speak for yourself. Contraceptives are good. I like walking out to the walking out to the front yard with my wheelie going, anybody got a condom? <laughs> oh, I, I'm sure that somebody else enjoys that too, but I really don't know what that means. So anyway, um, <laughs> well, there's a mental image that I have to drag over to the trash and. <laughs> Wait, wait, hold on. Click on mental image, drag to trash, unclick, go up to the menu, finder, empty trash. (laughs) Anyway. There's not enough brain bleach to get that out of your head, sweetie. I hate to tell you this. So, like I was saying, one of the things covered under these preventative services is contraceptives. So, um, I don't think it covers buying condoms, but it covers things like... The, oh, the birth control pill? The birth control pill, right. the hormonal patches. Right, but but the difference between, like, okay, the, the condom is a is a strictly, like, a barrier type of thing. So the, the birth control that, that is covered is actually hormonal treatment, which actually does, for many people... It, a, multiple, a, a, it has multiple benefits. Yeah, it, it's not just birth control. It also makes regular... Uh, Balances the the pH of the blood. No, I don't know. <laughs> it usually regulates the entire hormonal system. There you go. So more regular periods, it, and sometimes only Allie were and, here. So, and sometimes it also actually helps decrease PMS, less acne, and keeps keeps it regular. And has, uh, according to some of my friends, uh, 
uh, the beneficial effect, uh, effect of not making it so flowy. <laughs> I've also learned recently that apparently the being on the pill changes the chemistry in your brain so that if there's a guy who would normally not smell good to you and you wouldn't want to mate with women's smells receptors or whatever are changed enough being on the pill that they may not realize that this isn't someone who smells good that they want to be with. Read Sex at Dawn. No, no, no. I I was about to say, that explains a lot about college. So, yeah, a woman may be on the pill for five years, meet a great guy, they fall in love with him, and then they decide they're going to have a kid together. She goes off the pill and realizes she just, he doesn't smell right anymore. Right. I I have have heard this. But that's a bit of a tangent. Okay. True. We're not, we're not, we're not talking benefits. We're not necessarily talking benefits, uh, pros and cons of, of... The pill. The pill. We're talking about contraception and but free con- contraception. The whole point is, the, re- the reason why it's called the pill, because it's a big major thing for everybody's lives. It helps yeah. families control when they want to have a child and when they just want to have sex for pair bonding purposes. Or people who are not married who want to have safe, consensual adult sex. Well, there are people who have problems with that. Yeah, so that's... No, it, it, who would have a problem with sex? Churches, especially Catholic churches, but we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> um, basically, the question has been, since this uh, rule has come in about covering contraceptives, is, is there going to be a religious exemption? And there have been a couple <clears throat> Catholic priests who touted the fact that they got to talk to Obama one-on-one or have a meeting at the White House about this. It's an issue of conscience. Yeah, and they felt that they got their their point of view heard and all it's that. It's so stupid. It's not conscious. It's dogma, you fuckers. This last week or so. Say, yeah. I'm surprised that they didn't go into the whole line of, if we make it free, everybody's just going to fuck like monkeys. And I still don't hear the bad side on that. But (laughs) this last week, the Obama administration drew a line in the sand. (coughs) The proverbial sand. Exactly. With their penis. (laughs) Whoa! I, whoa! Come on, man. Too soon. Too soon. Yesterday was the State of the Union. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, like that wasn't a big dick-swinging fest for uh, President Obama. Come on. I didn't watch it. Neither did I. Well, okay, I'll, let's, I will let's be move on. It. Let's move on before I just start spouting obscenities. That's okay. okay. <laughs> Gary will cut this all out. Hmm. You know, is that part of the birth control that's, that's taken care of? It also helps uh, uh, PMS onset Tourette's. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Gary. All the women who say "fuck you," Gary, actually mean it. Oh, oh, <laughs> not in a good way. Oh. Okay, so, <clears throat> so they drew a proverbial line in the sand with their penis. <laughs> You're not helping. And they and, de- and they decided this week that what they're going to do is say actual churches themselves and employees in the church where they're actively proselytizing and have services and all that, those employees will be exempt from this rule so they don't have to be given free contraception if there is a conscious clause 
Because the 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 point being that you probably wouldn't be working for such a idiotic organization unless you were a true believer. Right. But if you go to if you work for say a university or a hospital or something similar to that, maybe a soup kitchen that's owned by a church or run by a church that because that has a secular purpose they they are not exempt from the religious conscious clause. They have to pro- provide free contraception. Well, didn't didn't the Catholic Church say that they would get out of adoptions because of certain rulings? Yeah, they in Illinois they decided that they were not going to be part of the state adoption service because they would be forced to adopt kids to gay parents. Yeah, well, good riddance. Yeah. So really the. Catholics especially, lots of archbishops have come in out of the work woodwork or something. Do not make a child fucking joke. Do not make a child fucking joke. Do not make a child fucking joke. They've come out of the woodwork to say, we hate this. How dare you stamp all over our religious freedom? And so Obama's rule on the contraceptive rule has is all over. If you search on Google for it, it's just people are really pissed off about it on the Catholic side, especially. <laughs> okay, it's Catholics pissed off because they're going to have to deal with birth control. They're going to have to actually learn right. that that not everybody's a freaking Catholic. Yeah, they're not going to be able to do the Pope thing and tell Africa that contraceptives will make you get AIDS or something like that. Right, exactly. This is, I don't know, I agree with the Obama administration. All more power to them. It's nice to see preventative health care being looked at the way that it should be. Yeah, it's it's religious organizations flipping out over sex. Right, cuz they're flipping out about flipping out over that they don't get a special privilege. Right. And you know what? Right now I've heard enough from freaking I'm not religious, I'm just spiritual, but this god gift of sex. <laughs> Shut up. Really? <laughs> sex is just physics, okay? <laughs> it is somebody's tab A going into somebody's slot B, okay? Unless two slots are, anyway. Tabs can be many, many <clears throat> things, okay? Yes. Mm. <laughs> These religious organizations are flipping out over sex, but unfortunately, they also flip out over sex when we're trying to teach our children about it. Yeah. And unfortunately, it leads to studies like i found this other thing at the cdc this week that they were basically the the headline is essentially many teen moms didn't think they could get pregnant okay do they have a slot a was there a tab b guess what no because they're not ikea (laughs) (laughs) well the problem is that well as far as i am concerned too many kids nowadays are just taught you know, don't do it. Porn. Not even, well, in school. I mean, school. If, if, if you're not taught at school, you're going to learn it somewhere. That's the thing. You yeah. learn it from, you either learn it from from Dirty Jimmy down the street, who's who's the one kid who knows all about sex in the neighborhood, and, you know, uh, or you learn it from magazines, or you learn it from online porn. I mean, yeah. that's, Damn that's, it, you know, what happened to the days when you had to steal the porn from your dad's nightside table? Yeah. yeah, but old porn was just, you know, a fuzzy bit here and some boobs. 
there wasn't a lot of tab A and slot B going on. Yeah. It was, you know, and it artful didn't move. poses. And it, and it wasn't like a pop-up book where you pulled the tab and the tab was moving. <laughs> I'm sure somebody made that, but it wasn't in regular circulation. Yeah. That was in the Braille Playboys. So in this study that the the CDC did uh, where they surveyed over uh, nearly 5,000 girls who got pregnant unintentionally and gave birth between 2004 and 2008, um, they found that basically half of these teenage moms said that they were not using contraceptives. So condoms, hormonal birth control, anything like that. They They even considered if they were trying to use the rhythm method or the pull-out method as they were, quote-unquote, trying to use contraception. So, I mean, that's Natural even worse. Natural birth control. So half the kids weren't even thinking about it shouldn't be an issue. And a third of those people who were not using contraception were saying they believed they just they could not get pregnant at the time. This is a total and utter failure of education. Yeah, and basic health health education from school. Yeah, so these are kids who are not only exposing themselves to pregnancy, which can, you know, sorry for people who have kids, ruin your life. Well, it can ruin your life if you're not prepared to have a child. Right. Yes, especially <laughs> as a teenager. Generally speaking, those with jobs usually can sort of afford a kid. Yes, usually. Some can't, and that's why there's welfare. But that's why things Insurance. like that Obama rule of let's get everybody easy access to contraception is so important because only right. about, I think it was about 14% of these girls who got pregnant and said, well, they didn't use birth control, only 13% said, well, they didn't use it because it wasn't available. So that means these kids know where to get it, so we should make it available. Yeah, well, you make it available, and then you actually teach them. Yeah. You right. give them health education. That's that's the failure. Well, it, it, it's a failure of education, but it's also a failure of our culture, because I went and found a study that was done by the National Campaign to... Um, what is it? National Campaign to Prevent Teen Pregnancy. And every year they do a a survey of a few thousand girls and boys about, you know, what they think about sex. And one of the things, one of the big things, questions they had was about, would you be afraid to talk to your parents about sex? If your parents found out that you were co- using contraceptives, what would, what would they do? And, and most of the kids were saying they would freak out. Yeah. And that's a bad thing. If you can't talk to your parents about contraception, if you can't talk to your parents about sex, then you're going to... You probably shouldn't be doing it at that point. Yeah, also. you're going to be secretive. You're going to not learn about it. You're not going to be know how to do it safely. for Not just physically with pregnancy and diseases, but also choosing someone who is not just, well, I got to do it, or the boy says that, or the girl <laughs> says that this is what you should do, so I'm going to do it regardless. Right, but then, then you get into that, <clears throat> that whole uh, weird zone where... The religious people say that sex should not be taught in and, and, and actually I mean this is the whole Daryl Ray thing, right? Uh, that at, that sex is something that should be taught at home 
Yeah, by by the people who love them, and of course they Most don't do it. They don't, don't do it because they don't know how to approach it. Because Unless you're a Unitarian. Well, not That's, only do they not ha- know how to approach it, they're ashamed to approach it, and they just they can't get over that fact of well, I should talk to have the the talk with the kids. I mean, every sitcom where there's a family has a episode about oh, do we give them the talk? But yeah. and then they find out that somehow that the kid already knows. Yeah. I mean, hilarity ensues and it always turns out well in the end, but it shows how there's anxiety in American culture about talking about sex at all. Well, just look at television. Yeah. How much sex is on television and how much violence is it? Violence is easy. Yeah. (laughs) And it's better. Gets people uh, less involved in sex. Somehow. Well, I mean, I grew up the complete polar, I mean, complete opposite of my mother was blatant out and out about it um i grew up with older brothers and sisters and i mean as far as i can remember back my mother had a candy dish full of condoms right out on you know know, the teen might be a little embarrassed about it but they're informed right exactly and my mom was the one person that every kid in the neighborhood could go to and she would give them a really great talk that was always followed up with pictures of what happens to certain parts of your body when certain social diseases erupt. I think my 50 mother, years I, ago, she'd been burned at the stake for being a witch. Right. Yeah. I, I think that my mother actually stopped about 30 kids from ever having sex. <laughs> this, this is what your cooch looks like. <laughs> no! But, you know, my... I had a very progressive family in that respect. So yeah, you were lucky. I mean, I my parents really didn't talk to me about sex or or anything. It was like I would <laughs> they didn't talk to you at all. Okay. <laughs> anything related to sex, they just shoved me in a room and <laughs> called me home, sit at the table, called me Harry Potter for ten years. <laughs> no, oh, they, by the way, hi, mom. <laughs> they didn't really we didn't have the talk really ever but i remember watching pbs specials about sex and what happens and being kind of confused but you know learning stuff about it and it was only good to have more information yeah my dad's yeah. The idea of the talk was have you had biology yet do you have any questions good we'll go on then <laughs> All my biology. Well, so we're we're basically saying education is good. Yes. Yeah. And as a educational public service, I'm just going to quickly read through uh, ten common birth control myths that uh, teens seem to believe. And I found this on about.com. And uh, just a quick little run through of these myths, and um, you know, just don't believe them. So number one, uh, a female cannot get pregnant the first time. That this is, is wrong. She can, she can get pregnant the first time. So go ahead. Yes. <laughs> Number two. Douching, showering, or bathing can prevent pregnancy. This is wrong. I do remember hearing a story of somebody I knew in high school who apparently she believed that she could not get pregnant if she squatted afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of related to that and another thing on this list. Um, number three, a female cannot get pregnant if the male pearl pulls out before his ejaculation. <laughs> Pearls out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hate to tell you this. Anytime Mr. Wee Wee is near the labia, 
you can get pregnant. Yeah. yeah. There's there's a little critters in the pre, so did it, yeah. did I really say pearls out? Yeah. That's she did. Well, well you, you corrected the poll, but pearls out. That was a bit of a Freudian penis, wasn't it? <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah, okay. we're about to trip over it. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, a female cannot get pregnant if she has sex during her period. What's that, fifth period? <laughs> well, I mean, there's the... Uh, <laughs> in general, home, that home. might be true if a woman's pregnant uh, period is very regular. Huh. But you could they could be ovulating at any time. You women yeah. are crazy. Well, why, thank you, I think. (laughs) Mostly crazy in a good way, but... All right, uh, myth number five, birth control pills cause cancer. No, but they might cause people to be born in the uh, zodiac of cancer. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Nice one. Well played, sir. This one's for you, Gary. Number six, you can use saran wrap or a balloon if you can't find a condom. (laughs) Well, why don't you just go to Sears and get some latex paint and just dip your schlong in that? I mean, look, balloon animals. Now, now a notation on that is you probably could use saran wrap as a an acceptable barrier for cunnilingus or analingus. Okay, but not as a replacement for a condom with like a rubber band or something. And I've seen the movie. And you, you, you snap it to remind yourself. I've seen the movie <laughs> Europa, Europa, where the guy, where the main character, tries to bring his foreskin back by like rubber banding his penis, and it turns blue. Oh yeah. Don't do that. Well, well, he had a reason because he was trying to fit in with the Nazis. Yes, and doesn't everybody want to do that? Um, well, if you okay, don't that is die. taking cock rings to way too of an extreme. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. Pregnancy is prevented by jumping up and down or placing seeds in the vagina. What? I, okay, that, okay, I have never heard the seeds. Yeah. I, yeah, that's... This is actually two in one. Because jumping up and down... Yeah. It's, is, it's also is, an extension of the you can't get pregnant if you have sex standing up myth. Yeah, because it's, it's the, the gravitational birth control method. <laughs> <laughs> Which is related to that squatting thing I was mentioning right. earlier that... It's certain positions or certain things maybe, you do maybe afterwards. Maybe it matters on what type of seed it is. Yeah. Oh, wait. It just says... Biblically, sperm is a seed. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so I mentioned number eight, having sex standing up works as a contraceptive. We've done with that. Um, number nine has to be thought up by a guy. And not a man, a guy. Not <laughs> no, ha- I've had that conversation recently. That's kind of... Number nine... Not having an orgasm can be a great method of birth control. <laughs> that sounds like just an excuse for a guy of, well, I'm done. I don't want to take care of you, girl. And number 10 is one that I haven't really heard much, but a woman is more protected the tighter the condom fits better on the guy. That's bullshit because it's more likely to break. Exactly what they said. So, hmm. we ha- you know, there's some things like... You, know, you want a certain amount of friction, but you don't want that much friction. Explosive friction. Well, right. Well, I mean, you don't want it so tight, and you also don't want it so loose that it comes off. Right. <laughs> yes. You want the happy medium. So buy the right Which size Which is probably condoms, the people. right size for the general population. Yeah. Let's admit it, men. You, not everybody wears the double X magnum condoms, and you cannot get your mother to take those in. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, but it's not as easy to kind of, you know, at least women, you can go to like someone who's like trained in how to fit a bra on you. It's hard for a guy to go to say a shop and say, I'm, I'm, I'm scheduled for a condom fitting at three (laughs) o'clock. Well, you know what? Maybe more men should do that. Right. So we need better sex education and less shame over sex. So everybody should go out and buy Dowry's book, Sex and God, How Religion Distorts Sexuality, which is available on Amazon.com. You get all choked up there. But you know what? Here's the thing, though. It is simply a matter of education. And our health education in this country in regards to sex is so freaking archaic because it's taught by gym teachers usually. That's exactly true. Not always. Often. But but very often. But more often often because they have more free time during the day than the biology teachers who are teaching biology. And they still come in from their gym classes. They're still wearing those dumbass little tight shorts. (laughs) Or uh, or sweat sweat pants. More often the tight shorts, which is a little more disturbing in a sex ed Uh, class. My my health classes, I think, was taught by a person in sweat, sweat clothing. Yes. Mine all, mine, both of mine wore the running suits, you know, very kind of Goomba-ish. Yeah. But I think they were both lesbians, and I think they were dating, so. <laughs> uh, and I guess that leads us to We Have an Interview. We are here today with Fred Edwards. He's the National Director for the Coalition of Reason, an organization founded in 2009 that works to foster cooperation among local groups in the community of reason and launch billboard and bus ad campaigns to raise the public profile of such groups. He also serves on the faculty of the Humanist Institute and is the American Humanist Association's historian. He's also the National Director of the International Darwin Day Foundation. So. Thank you for your time. Yeah, happy to be here. And we just got uh, through with a uh, lovely lecture and training seminar that you came through San Antonio to give us. Yes, because that's one of the things that I do. I believe it's important to train local leaders in how to be more effective in using the media, how to have more effective groups and organizations. And the United Coalition of Reason will soon be offering seminars in fundraising for local groups. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about the Coalition of Reason? Uh, All right, sure. Like uh, well, with the rise of the new atheism, as it's so called by the media, uh, that started in 2004 and really had a big peak in 2006, there has been this formation of a whole lot of local groups all over the country and campus groups and so on, and their numbers just keep growing and growing. But a lot of these groups don't know each other exists. A lot of these groups don't know that there are other organizations that have been around for a long time and have a long history doing this. Or if they do know about each other, they're not always talking to each other. And so therefore, my job is to go around the country and get these folks talking to each other. So as an incentive to get the leaders of each of these local groups together, I invite them to dinner. uh, And I paid for the dinner. And basically then I talk up the idea of getting into a coalition. And as a special incentive to get them to get into a coalition, I offer to fund a major media campaign that will raise the profile of all of the groups in the local coalition. That means I'll fund, that is the United Coalition of Reason, will fund 
a billboard or bus ad campaign to get uh, the local coalition some publicity and notoriety and thus bring all kinds of new traffic to the coalition's website. Okay. Now, uh, you, you say that you, you fund campaigns. Where Have you done this previous then? Where, yes. Where, where well, when we started this? in 2009, uh, we started with the Dallas-Fort Worth Coalition of Reason in March of that year, and we've gone on, in fact, to create coalitions all over Texas. We have one uh, also in Austin and another in Houston, and we want to form one in San Antonio. So uh, we're, and then eventually I'm, I've got some interest expressed in the area of either uh, Brownsville or a South Padre Island or Corpus Christi, that whole wow. area. So there are numerous people in Texas who have expressed interest. There's even uh, some interest in the Texas Panhandle, but we don't seem to have enough groups there yet. Okay. So we require at least three groups. And we've formed from coast to coast all over the country where, you know, we've been in New York City and Boston and Washington, D.C., uh, the West Coast, places like San Diego, California, Sacramento, which is the state capital, uh, San Jose, California. We have coalitions formed in places like San Francisco and Los Angeles, but we haven't officially launched them yet. Right. Seems like you're going from the East Coast and sort of moving yourself uh, uh, west then. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's actually we've hopped around, and so we have them also in uh, Denver, Colorado, and other places in the middle of the country. We have three of them in the state of Ohio. Uh, we're, we're just really all over. We just haven't quite gotten to the really deep south yet, so we're not in Georgia yet. We're not in Alabama yet. Um, uh, we're not in Mississippi, but we have interest expressed in those places and we're working on it. We are in a number of places in Florida and we have a number of coalitions soon to form there as well. But we did launch uh, around Easter on uh, in Orlando, Florida, and that made a big splash. Do you spread them out geographically and also time-wise to get more uh, bang for your buck with the media campaigns? Well, the media campaigns are local campaigns, not national campaigns. So it doesn't matter in what order we do them or if we cluster them together or spread them apart because local news is local news, and it's news to them when we come to them. So while we've been doing this for three years, uh, when we bring it to your town, it's new to you, and it's new to your media. And what we do is we work with the media in a given media market, and that's what determines... Uh, the geographic range uh, that a coalition serves is that are they all in one media market? So can we get their local media to cover their existence? And we also want people to be within easy driving distance of each other so they can do joint activities, put on a summer picnic, get all these groups together to do occasional things, celebrate the winter holidays, celebrate the National Day of Reason or Darwin Day or what have you. You mentioned the Coalition of Reasons website. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Well, the thing that we do with the website that's of particular importance is that we provide the Coalition website that acts as a kind of one-stop shopping for local people in the area that they can go to this website and see all of the different free thought, humanist, atheist, uh, liberal, unitarian, universalist, ethical culture, and other groups 
that are in their area and thus pick from the group they want. So all the groups in the coalition are listed on the website described and with a link to each so that all of the groups in the coalition have a chance to grow. It includes campus groups, it includes informal groups, formal groups, groups that are incorporated, groups that aren't. Uh, we encourage all variety of groups to be included uh, in the coalition. We provide the website, we, pro we host the website for free, we pay for the website URL, uh, and we keep it renewed. Uh, this is part of the service that we provide. Now, we, we know that oftentimes free thinkers and atheists feel rather alone in the community, and that's the great thing about this. Do you see this starting to reach a tipping point where it's becoming in the public consciousness that they don't necessarily need the coalition of reason or where people are starting to know to go to, to the coalition of reason to start well, asking where local groups are or um, even go to well, well, with some of that but i don't find that it's not needed in any particular local community the, that it raises the consciousness when we launch our campaigns it raises the public consciousness in that local community and it's always new and startling and shocking to them furthermore the, the groups um, haven't yet formed a coalition, so we, uh, except on, in a few rare instances, and if they have already formed a coalition, we will bring them into our network if they would like to do that. But usually we're forming them from scratch. What has happened with our growing notoriety is that people come to us. I used to have to go around the country the first year and sell this idea and say, okay, you really need a coalition in your area. Now they contact me and say, we really want you to come to our town and give us a coalition. So, so uh, we want a media campaign. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got notoriety within the community of reason, within free thought and humanist and other such groups. I know occasionally there's some pushback from religious groups or conservative groups. What's the balance between positive and negative response that you get to these various coalitions? Most of the reaction we get to our media campaigns is positive. People say, where have you been all my life, or well, I thought I was the only one. Uh, however, we do get some negative pushback, but that just increases our publicity and makes us make a bigger splash. We covered the website, right? Yes. The United Coalition of Reason has a national website that lists all of the local coalitions on it, and then all of the local coalitions' websites list all of their local groups on that. So that creates this stair-stepped kind of network. Uh, in addition to listing uh, all of the local coalitions, and we have a map, and you can click on the light bulb, because we use the light bulb as our logo. Uh, you can click on the light bulb for the local coalition nearest you. If you want to find where that coalition is, you just click on the map page, and there they all are. And, or you can use a pull-down menu and just look for the name of your state and the name of the city nearest you and find where a coalition is. That's useful if people are moving around, they're moving into a new city, they want to find where a coalition might be so they can see if there are groups. But our website offers additional things as well. Uh, we uh, are going to be creating very soon a special forum that will be password protected for leaders in the community of reason that they can come and talk shop and compare notes and spread resources around and so on so that local groups can benefit from the knowledge base that already exists out there in the community of reason, but that oftentimes doesn't get shared. So we're going to be creating that. In the meantime, we have on our website um, the news reports of all of our coalitions. Whenever we launch one, we, we put the news report and the press release and the photos and everything 
on our website as well as on the local coalition website. So you can see what all of our activity has been around the country just by going to our website. Furthermore, whenever we uh, launch a new coalition or have a national news story, the website design we use for the local coalitions automatically puts that story on their local website on a news feed. So all of our local websites are part of our news feed. So there's automatic local website updating that's part of our system. And I guess one more question. Uh, we do have a couple of international listeners. Is the Coalition of Reason planning to spread outside the United States or, or start... Anything we have <laughs> interest that has been expressed in forming a coalition in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. Uh, so that's in Canada. Canada is easy enough for us to reach out to. Uh, so therefore, we're going to include Canada within our general reach. But if we get places overseas and so on, what we'll do is we'll give advice and we'll give recommendations, but we're not going to give them any money. Right. Because <laughs> the exchange rate. Yeah. The exchange rate, the, 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 yeah, all of the problems with transferring money overseas. We don't want to get into it. And, and it's going to get really expensive hopping a plane to fly across the Atlantic to build things in Britain or wherever or Australia or whatever. So we can't do that. Uh, that doesn't fit our budget. So thank you so much for talking with us and coming to San Antonio. Well, if, and if people want to contact the United Coalition of Reason, uh, all they need to do is email me at info at unitedcore, that's unitedcor.org, or they can go on our website at unitedcore.org. And there we are, and that's where our website is. Or just Google United Coalition of Reason or just Coalition of Reason, and you'll find us. And on our website is information on how to email us. And it'll also be in our show notes and on the blog. Excellent. Thank you very much, Fred. We really appreciate your time. Happy to be here. I guess that brings us to the, the lightning, lightning round. round! Yay! Lightning Round! For those of you who do not follow the Skeptic Wire on a regular basis, the Lightning Round, we each take 90 seconds. We normally discuss two topics. Tonight we're only going to discuss one because the Fred Edwards interview and we went a little long on our long topics. But we have 90 seconds to discuss one or multiple topics at a shot. So I'm going to start off the... And we have to be dinged. <laughs> I'm going to start off tonight's lightning round talking about cougars. No, not those lovable creatures that you see in the forest who try to eat you. No, not those things of horror movies. I'm talking about... The 40-something women's. The 40-something women's. Yay! A Utah school was going to take the cougar as their mascot. And the Utah school district has decided against using cougars as the mascot in part of its negative connotation in the popular culture. Canyon School District Superintendent David S. Doughty said the selection of cougars as a mascot is driven by the desire for originality despite a poll for some future students that showed 26 in favor of the mascot. <laughs> At least three Utah schools, including Brigham Young University, use the cougar as their mascot. So let me guess, they went with the beaver instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I have no idea, actually. Uh, Jody says the public comments reflect a desire to be different, but also note that some see the word cougar as carrying a negative double entendre. <laughs> and the article actually goes on to tell us exactly what they mean of in popular culture can refer to women in their 40s who have sex with younger men. Yay! Why does it have to just be 40s? Could be 50s and 60s. No, no, no because that, that becomes something else. That becomes Oma. So oh, let's... Okay. <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, Utah schools refuse to use the word cougar. <laughs> God, it's, it's just getting ridiculous. Gary, Yay! there is something about solar panels that you wanted to tell us. Yeah, there's an interesting thing that you wouldn't think about when you want to install solar panels in your home or on your home. Uh, you kind of have to ask your neighbors because your neighbors, especially if you have a homeowners association, may not want to look at a solar panel farm outside their windows. Did you? Would you have thought? I would because I was thinking about yes, doing it. Yes, I my would house. have actually because my HOA is a bunch of rat bastards. I'd be more worried about the people standing in their wor- in their windows, staring at me all day, staring at my house. Just don't look out the window. They do that anyway. They wouldn't do it yeah, because they're solar power. <laughs> and they're probably looking at you looking at them. <laughs> so uh, this has been cropping up uh, recently uh, all over across the country because there's a, a thing uh, – well, there's, there's been a push for alternative energies. And solar panels have been a pretty good return on investment over a couple of years uh, because they do add value to the house. And you can – Suck up the energy from the sun and reduce your electric bill. But before you do it, make sure you get all the proper, what's that thing called? Uh, the Coming paperwork. Up. And might want to talk with your neighbors before you start putting it in the backyard, especially if you live out in the country. I imagine in the urban setting it may not be so bad. But the other thing you have to realize is that they can cause glare, and um, that's bad. Now, Greg. According to my notes, you have a multi-fast Uber speed super duper lightning round plan. Yeah, I'm going to try to see how many I can get through in my 90 seconds. So there's a good article over at the Chicago Tribune about uh, people starting to question the idea of having the National Center for Complementary and Alternative Medicine and um, how much that's a money waster, but also how much bad science comes through it. So it's a nice little article um, just from some people starting to question it, but that's all we have in the U.S. In Australia, we have Friends of Science in Medicine, which is more than 400 doctors, medical researchers, and scientists who formed a lobby group to say no more university degrees about alternative medicine. So we're, we're being all wishy-washy about, you, about maybe we should stop thinking about the, the NCAM. They're actually saying, let's get rid of this entirely. So Yay. Yay. in state news, we have Arizona talking about having an elective course in high school for the Bible, which is all fine and good if they teach it as um, literature, which it's bad literature, but uh, okay, fine. Um, in other state news, an Oklahoma lawmaker wants to ban fetuses in your food. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that one as it is. Go look it up. There's a blog about it on LA Times, and I think it was featured on Skeptic. Last two articles, uh, a man says a ghost punched his wife, and paranormal ex- experts dispute, dispute this claim. This guy was basically arrested for um, 
spousal abuse and decided the best excuse for it was that a ghost did it. And I'm going to take a tiny mulligan on this in that there's a great article over on gizmo.com about a new iPad case that you can buy. <laughs> this iPad case it- allows you to fit your flashlight into it so you can have porn on your app iPad while fucking your iPad. Yeah, I think it might uh, be available at adamandeve.com? I don't know if it's available over there, but it'd be really great if it was because then we can pimp it. Um, uh, I don't have an iPad. And quite frankly, I don't know that I'd put this on it. <laughs> well, I think... As far as I know, fleshlights are contained, so it's not like things go everywhere. No, it's still creepy. Oh, yeah, it's creepy as all hell. Can you imagine sitting in the public library with that as your case? I more imagine just using an iPad, using this as a handle for your iPad so you can walk around hands-free in the museum. Oh, that's kind of cool. And look up stuff on your iPad while you're talking about the paintings or the statues or whatever. So take some Viagra. And yeah. hope that your erection lasts for more than four hours. And just put your <laughs> iPad right on your schlong. What yeah. about those of us who don't... Yeah, let's not go there. <laughs> I'm sure... Well, you yeah. can just get uh, the the dual the, the dual dildo. Use half of that and stick the other half of the flashlight. Yeah, there, were, uh, there was a mention in the article <laughs> on Gizmodo about how there's probably going to be another option, which is more tab A instead of slot B. B. Okay. <laughs> to bring it all back around again. Okay. Well, um, you know, we actually do have a, a add-on to the lightning round tonight. Addendum! Addendum! Newt Gingrich, our wonderful... What the hell are you doing? Squeaky, squeaky. He's pretending to... He's, he has air nipples. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Newt Gingrich, one of the GOP nominees, has promised a United States moon colony by the year 2020. He says that if he is elected by the end of his second term, I'm thinking he's a little ambitious there, we will have the first permanent base on the moon and it will be American. And he believes that the current space program in this country is a tragedy, something I do agree with, because not enough money is being put into it, and that his grandiose ideas can fix it. Now, when we were kind of discussing this earlier, it was all kind of funny games, but he actually has a plan for the space colony. Does he? Quote, at one point early in my career, I introduced the Northwest Ordinance for Space, and I said, when we got, I think the number is 13,000. We have 13,000 Americans living on the moon. They can petition to become a state. Okay. Okay, then. And as a president, and and I will, as president, encourage the introduction of the Northwest Ordinance for Space to put a marker down that we want Americans to think boldly about the future. You know, and I actually, I applaud him for having this idea. I think it's a great idea. I'd love to see it implemented. I will not vote for him just for this. Yeah. Uh, he has to have a lot more going on than just let's put people on on the moon. I would love to have someone with the vision and the balls to 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 put up the money for it. But if he's running as a as a fiscal conservative, there's no way that he'll ever get this done because there's there's no way to you can't afford it. Not or at least you can. It. I mean, you you obviously demonstrably can. If that's a priority. If it is a priority, yeah. Well, yeah. It, it's not very fiscally conservative, but it does sound very 
um, the usual kind of GOP um, whapping the thing. Uh, are you still on the flashlight? Okay. <laughs> it does sound like the usual GOP beating of the drum. <laughs> beating of the drum, okay. This, it does sound like the usual GOP beating of the drum of nationalism, of saying, yeah. well, no, you know, the Russians and the Europeans are talking about, well, maybe we should think about doing a space base in on the moon or something, and Newt's response is, no, we got to have the Americans do it first. America. They're digging our jobs. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, and, well... Why they just don't do like the International Space Station? Because it's a big project. Yeah, that would be the best way to do it for all of humanity. Yeah. Yeah, but don't you know that unless the America? But see, the, 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 okay, what, what he doesn't realize is one, we don't have a heavy lift vehicle uh, because because of the Republicans, <laughs> <laughs> effectively. Uh, so there's no way to get anything to the moon mm-hmm. or even near the moon. So you have to get up in Earth, 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 have to get up in Earth orbit, and then send something else up with a tank to get it up to to the moon. At, at the way it works now, mm-hmm. we we don't even have any way to do that. There are a lot of startup costs. Yeah, even before we even try to make the moonshot itself. So. I, I I applaud him his. It would his be you know so what? I cool. applaud him for trying to be somewhat science proactive. I just think that he has taken this to such an illogical extreme. And to say that that. he's going to do it in eight years. Well, how long it would take us to get to the moon? Before the decade is over, we will send a man to the moon. So within a decade. Yeah, and we have the technology. We just don't have... No, within eight years, because he said he did. No, I was quoting JFK, who said... By the end of the decade, or it was something like that. Within yeah, the decade, yeah, or yeah. the decade. So yeah, it took what ten years, eight years. I, yeah, I, I don't. For him, it's 2020, So eight years from now. Yeah. But he's also assuming that he's going to get elected and a second election. So. Well, I, we don't, we don't really is... go into politics too much on this, but oh, if, no. if the GOP <laughs> don't start making some sense to the average rational. Voter the middle of the road. Yeah, if they keep, you know, biting at each other and saying crazy stuff, it does not matter who ends this primary season. They're not going to win if they keep doing crazy shit. Yeah. Well, it, you gotta remember the the way that they ran out with Bush is they didn't go quite so crazy onto the into the Christian right. Uh, I mean, each each successive. Uh, election cycle, they've gotten further and further to to the insane uh, Bible thumper area. <laughs> Next uh, thing you know, Fred Phelps is going to be a possible yeah, candidate. Yeah, right. You know, and that's kind of where they're they, they're trying to leave because for whatever reason they've tied themselves to the extreme fundamentalists, and then they have to come back, which is exactly what George Bush did to win the to effect. Whereas we didn't think Rick Perry could because he went so much more beyond what George Bush ever did. Right. So and it's also be- going to depend on if Ron Paul runs as a third-party candidate. Oh, that's a good point. Well, here's hoping that the secular-minded, rational, middle-of-the-road conservatives, <laughs> fiscal conservatives, which there are plenty out there, there are, I'm can actually take sort of. the Republican Party yeah. back 
so that there is some sane discussion between the two parties that we have in the United States. And we do apologize talking so much about American politics to our <laughs> international listeners, because I know we have... Hi, Richard. <laughs> but we also have that guy from Tel Aviv, and yeah. there's someone up in Canada now, so... I, I saw that, someone from Australia that yeah. downloaded it. So... Oh, and we didn't do our congratulations. Oh, that's right. We um, were thinking of doing a new segment on the show, giving a gold star to the listener who posts the most stories on our Facebook page. <laughs> and this week it goes to, what is his name? I, let me let me think here. Um, his screen name is, oh, bugger, Misha Bostic. Yeah. Misha. Do, you, do you guys know that guy? Not a clue. I think I know him. He's uh, he's associated with somebody in this podcast. Well, one of our runners up is also associated with somebody on this podcast. <laughs> so I think the um, the the real kind of kudos should go to uh, what's uh, James Stringer is his name? Yeah. Who posted yeah. several articles on our yes. website? Well, so. the award because you know, like you do, uh, like in film and everything else. If you you can't vote for the film if you were associated with it, <laughs> so. Sorry, sweetie. I'm more thinking of, like, employees of MTV cannot apply to be in an MTV contest or something like yeah. that. But that's way off topic. We've been babbling on quite a bit this week. <laughs> Ooh, but we have 61 likes now. Yes, Yay! we do. That's three more than last time. Yes. The important thing is that we, I, as far as I'm concerned, the important thing is we have more likes than we have episodes. So keep at that. And right now we have four comments on itunes from listeners and they go back a few months so if anybody wants to go out there give us a comment on itunes we'd really appreciate that too because yep. it's been a while yep yeah we're getting lonely on and iTunes. we're horny <laughs> okay I you, know might that be, <laughs> you might be i think yeah we're gonna leave that one alone yeah. now where is that ipad case sold <laughs> yeah you can Put little little diamonds on it and glue little diamond stuff on it. Ow, friction! Not in the middle of it, you moron. <laughs> Bling it up a little bit. Make it special. Apparently, I don't know how to use a flashlight right then. <laughs> yeah, you 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 put a little my little pony on the other end of it. See, now that brings into my mind all those Uh, famous skeptics, My Little Ponies, that people have been making in the last couple months. Oh, Oh my God, please. Oh, Oh. Oh, there is not enough brain bleach. (laughs) I mean, there's some damn attractive skeptics and atheists out there who have had ponies made from them. there are some that aren't. Yes. So on that note, good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> the Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. Is that great? Yeah, the, um... Nice.
The um. The um. The um. The um. The um. Trying to get all my words out. The um. The um. Trying to get all my words out. I looked over Gerd, and what did I see? A guy who's really very confused. <laughs> a bunch of fucking words trying to fall out of me. Gerd's really fucking confused. <laughs> and that would be the musical stylings of our own Gary Law. <laughs> so what? <laughs> <laughs>